This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Industries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I'm with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. And uh, this is one of those uh, times that I think that we just, some things were have been stirring and, and we just try to pay attention to what God's stirring mm-hmm. up in us or things we're challenged with. And and that would be our topic for the day. So, uh, so the, the title... Um, the title of this podcast, I guess, is Dark Days Are Upon Us. And uh, and we just, uh, we were thinking about how, uh, about spiritual warfare and how, as in the life of a believer, you can expect darkness, you can expect some challenges to come. And uh, and we have to equip, equip ourselves and, and help equip others to, mm-hmm. to be ready for that. In the journey, we only have one session on spiritual warfare. And you said right off, that's not nearly enough. I mean, you could do, you could do nine months on spiritual warfare, probably. Um, but we're talking about the darkness that, that comes, and uh, and I think you in particular, might, I'd like you to comment on some of the darkness you see, maybe just even in the world sure. uh, and all that. And, and we were talking about Frank Peretti's book, This Present Darkness, yeah. and, and how that relates to where the source of the darkness is really in spiritual. He did a good job of that, didn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Great, great author. Really got people understanding that the, this is real. Mm-hmm. Spiritual warfare is real. Demons are real and all that because we... Sometimes people just want to discount that stuff and think mm-hmm. that's oh that's just horror movies or something like that. So, so what what is uh, stirring within you when you think about the dark days upon us and what's going on in the country, what's going on in the body of Christ, in yourself, in yourself, <laughs> that. that. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that when when I look at the things that are going on, they're bizarre. And they just don't make sense. They don't make common sense. They don't look, they, they just don't make sense for where they're going with their thought process and things like that. And it's almost like there's a, a blindness, a spiritual blindness to these things, a darkness. And of course, you know, the Prince of Darkness is called that because that's his realm. Mm. And, uh, and and of course, Jesus came to lead us out of darkness, and uh, and so so the issue is, what is the influence of darkness on our life? How, how does it how does it work into our everyday life? How does it work into everything from not being a Christian to being a Christian? Uh, how about being a Christian husband, a dad, wife, son, employee? Uh, how does that work into the way we deal with our society that we have? Because honestly, this dark, this society is uh, growing darker mm-hmm. every day. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this. I was born in 1945. That dates me. Hmm. <clears throat> but I would say that, that this country was pretty peaceful, pretty civilized, law and order, opportunities. Uh, that were happening after World War II, and then I went through that time with the baby boomers and the the great industrialization of the country following World War II, and and the great uh, I mean we were number one in everything 
steel, cars, technology, food, everything were number one. And there was a, a value system that we had, and, and the values were based on principles of that were kind of absolute, uh, you know, right and wrong, black and white. And then, as I understand it, there was a, an introduction of a thought process called situational ethics. And it was, you know, a professor in one of the Ivy League schools that basically was espousing the theory that if it serves the bottom line, it's okay to lie and cheat and steal. Mm. What it comes down to, ethics are irrelevant if it serves the, the cause. Mm. Well, what are we looking at now? Because that's when it was introduced in the 60s. And if you look at the decline of the country in, in the areas that we were number one in, cars that we were number one in, and we lost that because cars in the 60s became junk. They would put things out there that would fall apart. They were planned obsolescence in them. <clears throat> there were integrity issues. Uh, I bought a car one time and and a new car and I went took it back to the dealer and I said, man, look at what's going on here with this. And he said, I know, that's what they're sending us here. It's like disgusting. Mm. And so it was serving the bottom line though, wasn't it? It was helping them to sell more cars because the car wouldn't go over 80,000 miles. People are trading them in. Mm. And, uh, and so I think an erosion began there in the American marketplace with integrity, and then it, it went from there. It went into government. It went into industry. It went into a lot of stuff. We started exporting it, too. And I did, I did attend a, a symposium one time that talked about returning to absolute ethics uh, where, you know, truth, honor, integrity were the, were the main items in, in the way you deal with a company, the way you deal with your employees, the way you deal with your clients. And they, they were able to measure that with some of the top companies in the nation. And they were able to see that the product productivity of those companies went up. Mm. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, the darkness has overwhelmed that. Uh, and that's what I have seen. And I was, I was saying that from 1945 up until about five years ago, 10, maybe 10, but five years ago, we operated kind of in a peaceful environment uh, with opportunity in this country. And since that time, I feel like darkness has overwhelmed this country. Mm. I feel like that there's only one contributing factor, and that's the Prince of Darkness. Mm. And I think that he has deceived a lot of people, and that's why we have bizarre decisions being made. They're just blind. They can't see what they're doing. And what it's doing is it's eroding the values of this country, and, the, and as a result of the values being eroded, the country is being eroded. That's the bad news. But the good news is, okay, uh, can, would God help us with this? Well, yeah, he, he would, but I think he's already helping us. <clears throat> I think he's helping us because he's raising up Christians who understand that what we're dealing with here is the demon of darkness, deal, dealing with his value system. They're starting to have a lot of things taken away from them that was their comfort. Uh, <laughs> they're... they're their retirements are eroding. Their investments are eroding. They, you know, their 
their hopes are eroding. I mean, all of these things are challenges to what they put their hopes in. Their little gods are being taken away, but it's being replaced if it's being replaced by sovereign almighty God who is able. Mm -hmm. And we find our comfort in him rather than things. We get our identity. And one of the identities that I love is the scripture that I came across that talks about we're given armor of light. Mm. You know that scripture? Well, you shared it with me the other day, and I had not heard it. Uh, I just don't remember reading it before, but in uh, Romans 13, uh, I think it is. No, is that right? Let's see here. Now, now I'm going to have a hard time finding it here. Let's see. 13. Yes, 13, 12. Well, I'll start in 12. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Yeah, that's 13, 12, Romans 13, 12. Yeah, and I think that's what I'm seeing. I think that the good news in the, in the, in the body of Christ and also for this country is that God is working to raise up people who walk with the armor of light. Mm. Now, what does an armor of light do in darkness? Mm. What do you think? What's the visualization you have there? I'm thinking of a reflection of sorts, reflecting off the light of Christ and, and kind of can overpower the darkness. The light, the mm -hmm. light is more powerful than the darkness. Mm -hmm. Well, it becomes a guide, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. You have a guide that's leading away from darkness. Mm. So it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of light that emanates from the person who walks with Jesus. He is not Jesus. Yeah. He's under the influence of Jesus. And he becomes a, a light bearer and he becomes a guide to the darkened world. And what he does, he guides them back to light. Mm. And that's, I think, the good news is happening right now. That God is raising up those kind of people in the church. Mm. And I think it'll bring hope to our country. And the reason I know that is because I know that this country and the people in it are, are being deceived. And I think that that the things that I grew up with that represented hope and opportunity and safety and security, oh man, they're being challenged big time. Mm. And it won't take long for people to understand what they lost when they lose it. And, you know, I, I think there are a lot of intelligent people, Brian, that are in, at the helm in government and, and on both parties. And I'm not going to say one party's stupid and one party has got it all together. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm thinking one, some people are blinded mm -hmm. and some people are enlightened. Mm -hmm. And it's the blinded ones that worry me because they make decisions based on what they don't know, thinking they know. Mm -hmm. And that's a fool. A fool makes a decision on what they think they know, but they really don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, and I hate to say that I think that's <laughs> I think in a lot of ways that's what's guiding us now. I think the scriptures talk about that those who are not of the spirit cannot understand the things of the spirit. Right. So I think that gives us insight to see beyond the obvious. And I think that's the great thing that Preddy did. I think he he helped us look below uh, beyond the visible and see the demons that were at work. Mm -hmm not only in government and schools, but also in churches. I mean, he had us looking at these demons' church perched on walls up there. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, 
And but the thing about it, screw tape letters did the same thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, we it, that he began to show us that there is a an orchestration behind the scenes, and, and see that's the thing about it, Brian. That again, my age and what I've come from, and what I've seen, and what I've seen in the last five years, I have seen a degradation in this society greatly compressed in five years. And if it keeps going, it won't last. It won't, it won't survive. Mm. It will not. That's the bad news. But the church will survive. And in fact, the church will thrive, but the church will not have a comfortable ride. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, we have to learn to, to walk in darkness and not be consumed by it. We, we have to learn to be that, Light in darkness, as Jesus was light in darkness. I love the scripture that says that darkness does not hide us from God. He sees in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's what we need to be comforted by. And that is, uh, he's always seeing us no matter where we are. Now, one of the things that concerns me is that we um, we tend toward forgetting that there's a spiritual battle going on. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we tend toward engaging uh, with people and things on a on a human level, and thinking that we can solve the issues by dealing with it with wisdom or force or resources or whatever we can muster up as men and women. Mm-hmm. But you know, the scriptures say that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities of darkness, mm-hmm. and that we are given divinely powered weapons for the destruction of fortresses. Yeah. So you can't do it with the weapon of warfare that we use in society with arguing, accusing, uh, insulting, cursing, uh, controlling. We can't win that way. Mm. The only way we can win is with the weapons that God gives us, with uh, the spiritual weapons that we have, the shield of faith and all the others that are mentioned, prayer, mm. and, um, and walking with him. I was going to ask you, you know, I was going to say that, you know, there's a general feeling that it's dark out there and we, we live in it and we watch the news and we see darkness. But but how does darkness come to our doorstep? In, in what form? What forms have you seen? And I think that we, we believe if you're really following Christ, you know, it's almost like you have a bigger bullseye oh, yeah. on your back because you're, you're not a threat. When you're yeah. just lukewarm and just maybe going to church, maybe not, mm-hmm. you're not really a threat to the enemy. But when you start taking territory and, and showing people the light and getting them out of the darkness, yeah. you're a threat to the enemy. So, that, you know, they want to come after you. So what are some ways in which you've seen the enemy try to bring darkness to, to a believer's front door? Well, I can tell you my, my front door. Okay. Because I think all of us have a certain vulnerability. Uh-huh. And, uh, and in fact, I think Hebrews 12, 1 talks about that, about the sin that so easily tangles you, mm-hmm. chases you along. You have to learn to get rid of that or bind, or bind it. But, uh, you know, I think that I think there are certain people that are susceptible to certain things, and I, I think that probably I am to uh, undue criticism. You know, uh, and actually, I've seen things that are just really outright evil. And you know, in Revelation, it talks about uh, Satan is the accuser of the brother brethren, mm-hmm. and you know what Satan means. Accuser. Mm-hmm. So that is the word, the name Satan yeah, means accuser. That, that's him. Yeah. And so what does he do? He accuses. Well, how does he accuse? Well, think about it. When you start thinking about somebody 
really, really that has either angered you or you resent or something like that, is he not accusing that person in your mind and thoughts? Mm-hmm. And when we join him, we agree with him. So all of a sudden we're locked in. We're locked in with the accuser in the way we look at another person. Now, I have found that if I block at that, better watch out because it's going to come back at me. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the accuser does. He's the accuser. And that's the thing that I think has been one of the hardest things to me is to have unmerited criticism that is bizarre. And I keep I keep coming back to the word bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's a point of view that is so skewed and uh, I can't even grasp it. It's one thing to to see where you're wrong and admit it. And, and, and to me, honest, be honest with you, I think that's a great freedom to see when you have made a mistake and embrace it, admit it, and readily do that. Readily do that. It's good for your soul to do that. And uh, but it's hard. It's really hard to take a bullet for doing something wrong when you didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You're just having to be sit here and beaten up. Yeah. Now, why is that hard for me? I never liked being beaten up. Yeah. That was my nature. My nature, my flesh nature was always to come back uh, in harder measure. And that goes back to, you know, a kid that was bullied. It goes back to, you know, being shamed because of it. It goes back to my athletic days when I learned to fight for myself and then succeed because of it. <clears throat> you just get those instincts. Everybody's got instincts. You know, sometimes with me, my my uh, instinct in the flesh is to come back and really go go at them. Mm-hmm. Another person's instinct in the flesh is to grow sullen, mm-hmm. is to grow, be wounded. And either way, it takes away our identity, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Who we are. Yeah. We're, we're armor bearers. Light. But one, one thing that I have noticed, and even recently, and this is very important, because if it is my instinct to come back at the person. So when accused, what do I do? I accuse. Mm. And then I use some of every bit of the intelligence and force I got to really make a case and accuse. And boy, Satan is laughing. Because mm. he has now gotten two people accusing each other and nobody wins. Yeah. Somebody has to be the light barrier. Somebody has got to not engage it and show the way out. Mm-hmm. And the Lord has been talking to me. He said, "You're that man, and you can't, you can't act, you cannot act, answer an accuser who is inspired by the accuser mm-hmm. by accusing. You can't do that. Yeah, and that that's a big deal for me. It's a, it's a plan. It's a, it's a game plan." It's a game plan to be prepared and aware of that. And so so what am I led to do? I'm led to not let myself get isolated from the health I have in my soul. And if I allow if I allow a root of bitterness to get in there or anger towards somebody, I just start falling apart. Mm-hmm. I become vulnerable. I become Deeply troubled, and and I'm so grateful for that Brian. I really think it's the the spirit grieving within me. He's just making life miserable for me, and he's done that recently, and helped me see that 
I was falling into that scheme of the enemy. And I felt justified because I was unfairly accused. Hmm. I was unfairly slandered. Was it so what? Hmm. Wasn't Jesus slandered? Wasn't he accused? Didn't he say we will be? Mm-hmm. That we'll be falsely accused, we'll be taken before the leaders. So we have to prepare for it if we're his disciples. And I think I think right now, if you're talking about this present time where darkness is upon us, I think that we're going to see more of that. I think ministries and church leaders and Christians are going to see more of that. Uh, and it's going to get us off tar- it's going to get us off our path if we're not careful. We will join the fray. It's kind of like being a Christian who gives yourself permission to have road rage, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That does not lead to any good. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to bite your lip and you have to get the big picture here and don't join that. Well, it's the same way with the, the accuser and the accusations. And it's not easy. It's not easy because we have to see something that is going on behind the scene that is by faith, understanding that even the person who is accusing us is a victim. Mm. And we have to become an advocate of that person. Now we say, how can I be an advocate of that person, right? Forgiveness. Mm. And as a result, that forgiveness takes it off of us. Mm -hmm. And then when it takes us off of us, it puts it on Jesus. He yeah. carries the load for us. Right. And 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 when that happens, now now we're empowered. We're empowered for being able to walk this thing out. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, I think that we're able to make headway in becoming an intercessor for the other person. And and what's happened with me in particular with some of those people, and even recently is the Lord has asked me to not only forgive, but to ask for blessings on the person. Mm. And as I was trying to understand the blessing, I had to understand that he was a victim. And I had to understand that he's not in a good place. And that uh, I I asked that that God would go in there and help him. Mm. And, you know, sometimes we have people like that in our life, Brian, that, we can see clearly that even though we've been offended, we, we will forgive and we'll be open to reconciliation. I think God tenderizes our heart there. But sometimes reconciliation is not yet right. Mm. God, God has to work in that other person's life. And so that's what he shared with me. He said, you can forgive him and you can pray for him. And you don't have to hold this against him. You can look at him as a victim. But wait. Then he working his heart. Because this is between him and me. Mm. So that gives us peace. It gives us peace to wait. It gives us peace to not engage. And with me, I need I need that peace because being the macho man I am, I feel like I'm shamed if I don't do something about it, right? Right. And he's telling me, no, no, you're winning this battle. Mm. What do you make of the, you know, I'm just thinking about all the stuff we learn in, in uh, the journey about abiding and all that, you know, that this is all tied together, you know, because only by abiding... In Christ, can we have the power to 
control ourselves, you know, and do these kind of things. But uh, there's the one verse that talks about if you're standing at the altar and there, remember your brother has something against yeah. you, go and be reconciled to your brother and then mm-hmm. come back and bring your altar, bring your gift to the mm-hmm. altar. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like whether we think it's right or wrong, somebody has a beef with us or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's telling us to be above all that and just go and make sure everything's okay. What do you think of that? I think it's, I think it has to be timely because some of the people I've known, it just justifies their anger. If you go engage them right yeah, off the Yeah, it just justifies. It, it creates a spiritual pride in them, you know, that makes them feel good about their condemnation. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm willing to do anything the Lord wants. And if it if it led to, to that, I got to, man. I can't, I can't say no to that. If he's prompting you, yeah. yeah but he's right. but the Lord has is, is, is cautioned me to understand that, well, you know, casting your pearls before swine, I think, is something I hear about. But there's a there is a, a divine interaction, an interplay that that we must rely on with the spirit in our life and the life of others. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing I have to do is forgive, uh, to bless. And to be willing to engage, mm-hmm. to be willing to receive graciously the person. But if the person doesn't see they're wrong, what good does that do? Yeah. I'd like to think that, you know, that uh, that it's as simple as, you know, just going there and say, I'm sorry, I know you got something against me, forgive me. But sometimes it's not that simple. You just gotta you gotta let the spirit walk you through it. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking of what you were talking about talking to Jesus about it, you know, and he's the one who says, Come to me if you're weary and burdened and let me mm-hmm. give you some rest. And let me take your let me take that burden you're carrying, you know. Yeah. But but you're right, sometimes he does prompt us to action, you know, and we just have to pay attention and and uh, and waiting is usually not a bad idea, you know. <laughs> waiting on the Lord mm-hmm. instead of rushing in to try to go fix everything, yeah. you know. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that have to happen. In the beginning, in you or me, mm-hmm. and so a case in point is that in a recent situation, I was ticked off big time, <laughs> and you know the old flesh nature is coming out, right? Oh yeah. And then, as I told you, things were not right within me. I felt bad. I felt heavy. I felt depressed. I felt just terrible. I can't tell you how terrible I felt. And uh, and I couldn't. I couldn't. My mind couldn't stop them. <laughs> Angry thoughts and various other things. I mean, they were just running away, and I was trying to take up the shield of faith and everything else that uh, goes along with that. I was trying to control it, and I asked the Lord, "What do I need to do here?" You know, I heard abide (laughs) (laughs) because my abiding had had been had been hurt, Mm. and that's that's the way that works. Now. The good thing about it is abiding corrects it. Mm-hmm. And I felt the Lord saying, come to me. Come to me. Confess your sin. I'll forgive you. Ask mm-hmm. for wisdom. I'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. Take, let's take that load off of you. Learn from me. And uh, I'll walk you through this. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way it works. We've got to keep our souls healthy. We can't let anything get in the way of that. And then when, when we are walking with Jesus, we become light bearers. Mm-hmm. We shine the light in darkness. And maybe, maybe the light may, might be to that person or it might be to another person. But 
the thing about it, it does not pull you into darkness. Yeah. And that's the key. Yeah. Because that could be a trap or a, a snare a that you, you know, you if you fall into the flesh side of things, you'll, yeah, you end up in the darkness. It's swallowed. It, it is the trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we have an opportunity to turn the darkness on its head by bringing the light into it. And it, it doesn't even make sense, <clears throat> but it's powerful. It's so powerful. Well, a lot of stuff doesn't make sense. Again, we're battling not against flesh and blood, but principalities of darkness. And you have to recognize that with darkness, you have to deal deal with light weapons. Yeah. And uh, humility, uh, trust, dependence on God. Uh, Let him walk you through it. Uh, I do believe that we are being equipped for this present time to be able to wade into darkness. I, th- I think this is training grounds for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's training grounds for anybody who's hearing this. And I think it's like I told you a while ago, I think this ministry needs to be ready for the accuser because he's he going to come at us. That's just the way he works. Well, and, and you were you were talking to me, we were talking about having people in your life that you can that you can go to and ask them to pray for you, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't have to go gossip and tell them the situation because that could turn into worse, right? But yeah. but you can ask people to pray for you, you know, in your moment of weakness or whatever, and, and having people, that, those kind of people in your life is very important. It is, Brian. And I think also having, uh, having uh, honest advocates yeah. that who really have your best interest in, in mind, but are willing to be honest with you about things that they see, and that you welcome that. Yeah. You know, there's scripture in Proverbs that faithful are the wounds of a friend and deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Hmm. And a lot of times we just don't want to lose a friendship, so we'll just kiss them on the cheek and never tell them the truth. Yeah. But a true advocate is going to help us, and we want those kind of guys in our life. Yeah, yeah, and they can help you help us guard our, our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So. And if we and if we if we are in that role, by the way. We need to be very, very careful with it because we don't control the person. We don't try to get the people to do what I want. It's help them discover what God wants for them. Yeah. What is, what is Jesus saying to you in this situation? Yeah. What kind of scripture is guiding you? Have you thought the scripture through? This is where we can always go to the Word. We can go as partners. It can He'll walk us through. Well, and, and I, I don't want anyone to miss the most important thing, I think, is that that person is not your enemy. The enemy is is the dark one behind, the dark force behind. I'm going to read it one more time. Uh, you quoted it, but uh, in Ephesians 6, uh, Paul's t- teaching us, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so that's the source Mm -hmm. that's coming after somebody else. And, and if we recognize that, I think it helps us not, not fall for the trap, you know, of, of, you know, thinking bad thoughts for that person as much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're we're on a battlefield and and we have to understand that we, we live in a battlefield and if we ever, See, that's the good thing about what's going on right now is, is if there's a good thing going on right now is that I think Christians are should be looking at this as a, a battlefield for morality and conscience and integrity, for law and order, for right and wrong, for light and darkness. 
I mean, it's so easy to see how it's lining up. Mm -hmm. And uh, and there have been a lot of Christians through the years that have have lived on the on the center line, dipping over into darkness, dipping into light, and just kind of in the middle, maybe gray. Yeah. And I think gray is being taken away. That's why a lot of people are leaving church. I think that they can't keep up mm -hmm. with what's going on here. So they're looking for another alternative. And I think they're not real true believers. Yeah. I think the true believers are remaining, and I think they're getting stronger, and I think they're going to be stronger. Mm. That's right. And I think they're going to be the ones that are there when, when people are needing them. That's right. That's right. And we're being equipped for that right now. Yeah, and that's why journey groups are spreading, I think, because he wants to raise up more warriors, you know, for, yeah. for these battle days that we're in. So, uh, well, and I think we need to pray for each other. And uh, and, and I'll use that opportunity to invite everybody to come to our Tuesday morning prayer time that we do yeah. every week. Anyone's welcome. Uh, we do it every Tuesday morning, 6.15 to 7.15 Central Time, early in the morning. But uh, we pray for each other and uh, pray for this ministry and all that. So uh, anyway, any of you all are welcome to join us. And you can uh, find out more about that on our website, influencers.org. But well, thank you, Rocky. We're going to wrap up this, this episode. And I want to thank you all for listening. This has been the Influencers Network podcast. And you can find this uh, broadcast on all the popular platforms out there, uh, Google, Spotify, Apple, or just on our website under our resources page. You can find the podcast page. So anyway, I hope this has been beneficial to you. Keep praying for us as leaders in this ministry, and we're, we'll be praying for you as well. So anyway, my name is Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.